0: And... To the news, Lindsay, how are we doing today, team?
1: Doing well, Zach, how are you?
0: Good, good, good. We got energy and we're gonna talk some news. And this is the first time that we actually get to feature one of our companies, Lindsay, in the news itself. We have yet to bring up Bond or Atomic by anything other than kind of the filter through which we view the world. So you got some news to share this week. Let's jump into it. Give us Please. give us the Lindsay breakdown on, on kind of what's happening here and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what Welcome Tech is.
1: Absolutely. Well we are very thrilled to finally be announcing our partnership with Welcome Tech to enable financial services access to the you know immigrant population that Welcome Tech has been serving since 2010. Atomic will be a part of powering some of the bank services that they've got planned for the 2021 roadmap. and I thought it would be great to have Amir come on and explain some of the stuff that they've been working on and how they came to find payroll APIs because it's still a growing and emerging market that we're excited about.
0: Yeah. Amir, give us a sense of, I mean, take us maybe even further back and give us a little bit of the founding story. You know, how did you kind of fall upon this market? Where did you find this need? Although it's a very obvious need, I think that if anyone's paying attention, but not a lot of people running after the problem. So tell us, tell us kind of that early, that early story and a little more about you.
2: Yeah, thanks for saying that, Zach. Uh, Definitely agree. Um, And uh, excited to be here with the two of you, and especially to talk a little bit about the partnership with uh, Atomic. Um, But um, on our company, Welcome Tech, uh, my co-founder and I, we both uh, come from first-generation immigrant families. And so certainly a lot of our lives have been informed uh, by the perspectives built from those first uh, generation challenges and um, and immigrant household experiences. Uh, But we've also spent the last 20 years of our careers uh, working with immigrant communities here in the US. Our previous company was an educational platform for immigrants here in the US. Um, So we took a lot from that experience. uh, And as you alluded to, we sort of wake up every day now in 2021 uh, astonished that there's never really been a formal onboarding integration or uh, support platform for immigrants here in the US or really anywhere in the world. Um, And even if you take the humanity out of the scenario, when you think about um, how much this consumer segment contributes to the GDP of the country, uh, or if you think about um, countries the same way you think of companies, um, you would want to attract great talent and then enable that talent. And we do almost the opposite here in the US as well as the rest of the world. And it's pretty astonishing Um, frankly, craziness, uh, if you ask me, um, that it runs that way. We really look at this uh, company and the work we're doing through the lens of building a better operating system for immigrants and immigration and building uh, a platform that supports uh, our immigrant communities and ultimately builds a better society uh, and a model that should exist here in the U.S. that we think can um, be an example to the rest of the world. Um, So some have talked about us uh, as building the digital Ellis Island, if you will, and um, and what that really means is you know taking data and technology that's available to us to improve the experiences uh, that our immigrant brothers and sisters have uh, in in the U.S. Um, by connecting them to key information and services. Um, that are critical to their lives. Um, And so when you break it all down and look at the data, financial services are at the spearhead of that, because uh, to put it simply, you can talk somebody's ear off on healthcare and education, uh, but if they don't have their financial house in order, it's very frustrating and challenging to navigate. Um, So that's where partnerships like this one with Atomic um, are key to our ability to deliver on that mission.
0: Yeah, we don't we don't have to get too deep into how regularly or every single day the United States shoots itself in the foot when it comes to putting up gigantic walls for entrepreneurs and for people trying to come in and do really good stuff for our country. So we won't go down that rabbit hole because that will be a few hours. But suffice it to say, I think the listeners understand the issue. And it sounds like the founding really was more so
1: a personal pain point. Yeah, it was a
0: personal pain point. But it was not necessarily like, let's go do a FinTech thing, right? It was like, let's go solve a problem for a subset of society. And that happens to involve finance, it sounds like as a secondary but key piece.
2: I think that's fair. I will give you the following points to to consider. Um, You know, uh, I've spent now 20 years of my career working with immigrant communities. I've spent a lot of time in a variety of immigrant households and communities. Um, And when you spend the time speaking to the different uh, communities the uh, Chinese community, Mexican community, Indian community, uh, Russian community you name it it's actually pretty hilarious how they all assume that they have nothing in common. But when you dig into the data, what you find the common thread to be is that none of these communities are receiving any kind of data-driven recommendations. It's still very much a word of mouth and trial and error process and experience. And so, unfortunately, when it comes to their transactional decisions in life, in particular, their key transactions, um, they, in the best case, are highly inefficient uh, and in the worst case, highly predatory. And that's true regardless of income or education background. Uh, And so we see financial services as uh, fundamental to the immigrant journey. Uh, debit and credit in particular are a big part of that experience uh, and the foundation to so many other opportunities
1: let's think about how how big is this opportunity and the the interesting components of this are if you look at you know the way that we're racially divided in this country just from like the census perspective we initially you know estimated that there were 60 million but as as of the pandemic and as of now there are about 63 million that are considered to be in the hispanic and latino demographic that's 19 percent of our population that is the largest ethnic minority. The fact that they, they haven't necessarily even been considered a part of the financial services conversation is appalling. And we're starting to see some financial institutions this week, especially being asked about what are you doing to end some of the you know, financial disparities in this country. And many of them have set out some, some pretty aggressive roadmaps that are going to take five to 10 years. Amir and his team have been doing this since 2010, and they're here today. and they've a, They've got a community of over nine million people. And then they've got access to, you know, three million people that are already actively setting up accounts and and finding their way into financial services. But one of the interesting things that most people don't think about is their ability to just get an initial bank account. So their team has had to go find a bank partner that'll take alternative sets of data that isn't necessarily social security number, but is your employment history that is, you know, your green card that is things that are outside of the initial scope of what AML and KYC had initially required of a consumer and they've been able to to do that in partner and that that type of you know thought about how do we bring this product to the community is something that you don't just spin up overnight you have to spend time and um, Amir if you have anything to add there I think that's one of the questions that we've been we've been hearing is you know how have you been able to to get through some of those you know AML KYC jacks and how did you figure out that you could do this in a in a sustainable and scalable
0: if I can add one layer to that, even because of this announcement itself, I, I come from a background in community banking where this general group that we're talking about, right, the, this immigrant person that just kind of exists in the ether that bankers think of that they generally don't understand at all, they think of risk. Right. And I would think that a lot of the things that you're talking about, KYC, et cetera, et cetera, does this partnership actually decrease that risk by giving you the ability to have access to that direct deposit? And is this actually kind of a step forward in that?
2: I think the uh, data that Lindsay provided speaks to the massive opportunity uh, that um, the financial services industry is just completely overlooking. When you talk to the executives of existing traditional banks, um, they will tell you that they are not putting enough resources around this demographic and super underprepared to service this demographic or customize, personalized offerings to them effectively because their old school brick and mortar infrastructure has been built for a very different customer uh, who is their core and primary driver around economics. As you look at the neo banks and alternative banks, again, a massive missed opportunity look at all the capital, all the companies that are launching almost on a daily basis now uh, that are focused on nothing but the millennial, Gen Z, et cetera, uh, community, who frankly already has two or three other bank accounts and are just using their service uh, for specific transactional needs uh, that they find a convenience in and have zero uh, switching costs around. in our case, um, we're talking about not just a massive opportunity in the numbers that Lindsay described, but also the fastest growing demographic in the country. Uh, and, um, and so this is where uh, companies like Welcome Tech and Atomic are leading the way uh, rather than waiting for others to figure it out and creating access points to a demographic uh, that has historically just been overlooked, underappreciated. Uh, And in some cases ignored, Um, you know, and so what the industries will have you believe is that to your point, Zach, uh, there has been a lack of data and it's been difficult to underwrite this consumer. And I'm here to tell folks that that is complete bogus uh, and uh, and there's plenty of data and plenty of capability to underwrite a consumer segment that, frankly, anybody who has looked at the data will tell you has been historically very compliant very easy to work with, um, and, you know, desperately in need of just quality experience. And the issue has really been around the cost of acquisition. And because traditional companies have not been set up to acquire this consumer, they have very high cost of acquisition. And the way they have made up for high cost of acquisition is high fees, high prices, high interest rates. Uh, And a narrative that says this is a hard consumer to underwrite um, so that they uh, aren't taking the blame for the poor uh, consumer experience. The movie you've seen play over and over again when it comes to this consumer segment are plenty of companies who have built services, built teams to get after this consumer. But two uh, results. Uh, One, they hit the cost of acquisition ceiling and either burn out of cash, or even worse, continue to survive, but increase their fees and interest rates and prices. Or you see companies that are focused on nothing but extracting value from the consumer rather than creating value for the consumer, right? And so that speaks to the partnership here with Atomic. What we generally look for are partner's who, first of all, have the moral DNA uh, to consider the importance of making impact in underserved communities, but also have the business models and innovation to work with us in a way that passes more value back to the consumer. Because we're a company at Welcome Tech that is highly focused on creating as much value for the consumer as possible. We really think a lot about um, you know, outsized value for the consumer. And so we require of our partners to be creative, thoughtful, innovative in the way that they can also align around that value creation. And that's what we found here uh, with Atomic.
1: We are fully aligned with their mission and so, so excited. Um, and hopefully we'll be doing, you know, a prequel version of that movie and say, like, this is how the narrative should have always gone.
2: We've also built a ton of education, customer service, all in language. Uh, And then lastly, we have a cash-based reward system uh, that's regulatory approved where we can actually deliver real-time cash rewards to consumers for the different activities they participate in, um, largely uh, around the educational experiences they have with us um, and their commitment to participate in that results in cash rewards that are really meaningful uh, to their uh, livelihoods and needs.
0: Was that a scramble on the atomic end? I know that was part of the part of the press release that really caught my eye was the fact that you all had had translated the atomic platform into Spanish as well. Is that something that kind of? Was that some 24-hour overnights kind of a thing over there?
1: We, our team hustles. Uh, we are now available in Spanish, yes. It is something that does differentiate us, but it just speaks to the values alignment. We want to enable consumers. And I think that there's a level of trust that comes with you know meeting consumers where they are and in their language. And with the help of the Welcome Tech team, because we're not as fluent, it, it got done. And we're excited to to. Evolve our roadmap to, to serve the things that we don't get to see because we're not boots on the ground. We're B two B, but we really desperately do love the feedback we hear from consumers and excited to hear when they when they you know switch their first Atomic payroll how it went and and what it empowered them to do next because we could probably go off on a different level on these stigmas in terms of getting paid in cash, but that's just not fundamentally okay. And we we previously have chatted about some of the the dangers there with cash heavy economies, but Covid nineteen has made everybody realize, you know, the value of having digital first financial services, and that is inclusive of everybody that contributes to our economy and is here. We should treat them as equals.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I want to get to the kind of what the world has been like for Welcome Tech since Covid here in a second, uh, but I want to I, w- I want to put on my Lindsay hat and do a little data dump. Uh, so you all have raised fifty million. Uh, also, recently announced Series B. So congrats on that. the The data point that I'm most fascinated by is the 9 million community members and on pace to top 3 million accounts. I really find it interesting, this this delineation, right? You have active accounts and then you have community members. One, can you define those two? I think we all kind of generally get what active accounts are, but how do you define a community member? And why do you think of it as building a community and then kind of that being almost part of the funnel? I think a a lot of B2C, fintech companies these days use these buzzwords, but I don't think many of them lean into it and actually walk the walk the way you all do. So I'd love to hear your perspective. A big part of
2: our approach to solving the needs for this community is actually giving them a voice at the table. And there's certainly an impact aspect to what I'm saying there, but there's also a very key strategy point uh, that uh, actually has been commonplace in tech, which is aggregation of a historically fragmented demographic or customer segment gives that consumer segment a greater voice at the table, as well as gives our company enormous leverage to bring more value to them. Um, We have had partnerships where we're able to generate more outsized value for the consumer as a result of this reach and relationship with the consumer segment that's been evasive and tough to Acquire for uh, for industries. We went out and built the community first, and understood the needs of those communities, uh, and then brought the key services to them.
0: And being in Kansas City, the payday loan capital of the United States, I also feel a lot of the pain uh, that you're talking about. And I love that love that you're building that community for the for the future.
2: It's very expensive to be poor in the U.S. Right, um, and this is a consumer who's accustomed to working with a bank uh who doesn't take into account that these folks are working their tails off to make ends meet every day uh and then in addition to that being charged fees for having low balances uh or even worse um for um you know um other things that they can get taken advantage of um by by the banks so um you know, um, I'd love to tell you all uh, about the fact that we're delivering a, you know, a world-class banking experience to this consumer. But I have to also say that the bar hasn't been very high, sadly. Uh, and it shouldn't be novel or a surprise to any of us that, hey, if you treat a consumer right, and you give them a lot of value, you can build a huge business. You don't have to screw people over to build a great business. And that's hopefully a wake-up call to a lot of companies and industries that haven't been doing that for for this consumer.
1: And we're really excited to empower them too because the data that we're going to be able to enable for for welcome tech in that they'll be able to see payment history they'll be able to see you know how they have been evolving in their career paths from the employment data the income data things like that that the consumer permissions it will enable them to you know create a product roadmap that's informed by their consumers needs and that's always something that's been sort of missing when you look at how neobanks have layered on financial services they fast followed each other from high yield savings to crypto that's not necessarily applicable to every single, you know, target neobank's audience. Sometimes, if they're dealing with debt, or if they're just dealing with basic access to to a digital direct deposit, like the first thing they need is not crypto. The first, well, maybe they do in that scenario. Maybe crypto would be faster, but that's for another future conversation. But as, as we alluded to, credit thirty-three million are considered thin file to no file, and you know the access to income data and employment data exists today. It's used today to qualify someone for a loan, you're gonna be able to do that, you know, with Atomic or with Welcome Tech pure consumer, and get better access to interest rates, better you know, access to financial services and and have a product experience that's truly aligned with where you need to be.
0: What the world needs is more of this, more welcome tech, more true accords, more groups that are actually solving the real actual pain points for today's America. And it gets it gets me excited to hear about it. For the folks listening, maybe a little bit of contact info, if you want to throw it out there, if you're hiring, just any little, little bit of a commercial for Welcome Tech, if you want.
2: Feel free to visit us at welcome.tech. We're hiring. Uh, we want the best and brightest. And you can imagine a lot of talent in tech, uh, both from the engineering and product side. You know, they've lived through this journey. They've experienced the pain points or have family members have experienced it. So we've got a team full of people who are just as motivated by building a multi-billion dollar business as they are making enormous impact in the world. And so uh, looking forward to adding more phenomenal people to that. Um, and um, and also you can find me on LinkedIn at, uh, at Amir Hemet's uh, on, on LinkedIn and, um, you yeah, know, encourage folks who uh, want to partner in this mission. Uh, look, I'll just build on your point, Zach, as a final parting note, which is, um, you know, we're in 2021, uh, today. And unfortunately there are not a lack of challenges in the world. Um, so you'll hear me be loud about encouraging entrepreneurs, operators, you know, to really think about how they're using their time and their energy. There's, um, you know, more uh, horsepower IQ energy being put towards a lot of things that, you know, aren't adding a lot of value in the world. And so I would encourage folks to really think about the value of their time and, and making sure that it's making a positive impact in the world. So um, hopefully folks uh, see what we're doing at Welcome Tech and are inspired either to join us on our mission, or uh, or pick, take your pick of the problems in the world, and, and just start solving them. Um, but um, but thanks so much for the time today.
0: It's been a pleasure getting to spend some time with you. Lindsey was was ranting and raving about about kind of the work you guys are doing together. So I'm really glad that we get to kind of put you on a pedestal and tell the world a little bit more about what you're up to. And we'll have to do this again, my friend. We'll definitely have to do this again.
2: Look forward to it. Thanks for the support. Good to be here with you both.
0: Absolutely. All right, Lindsey Wonder Twins. Back to work.
1: (laughs) Bye.